Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kamanovsky with you today, learning Yivamot, page Samad Vav, or 66. We're going to begin a new chapter, and it's about marriage, and it's particularly about the economic dimensions to marriage. Marriage, hopefully, is a relationship of love and care and tenderness and intimacy and children, and it's also about money. It's also about the property that each person possesses before the wedding and what happens in disposition of that property afterwards. And in the case of priests, uh, it has to do with the, the eligibility of their widows and descendants to eat the sanctified food known as truma. It's approximately 2% of any gross agricultural product in the land of Israel is to be given to a priest for their, you know, for their sustenance in, in recompense for their work on behalf of Am Yisrael. That's called truma. And the only people who can eat it are priests and their, uh, and their households, including their slaves, or we, we might think of them as uh, employees, people on their staff. And that will become a paradigm for us to discuss who owns what property under what conditions and who's responsible for what. So to uh, give you a little bit of uh, background that will be necessary to understand this, I want to introduce two concepts. One is called Nixay Tzon Barzel, literally iron sheep assets, and Nixay Mlug. I think the etymology on Nixay Mlug is that it's plucked property, but these both cases are, are kinds of property that a woman brings into a marriage. Nixay Tzon Barzel are the material she brings for her dowry, and it's inscribed in the Ketubah that the husband, they're called iron sheep because no matter what, in the event of his death or their divorce, he's going to return that property or its value, no matter what happens, no matter if it, if it grows in value, if it falls in value, if a wolf comes and eats the sheep, they're quote-unquote iron sheep. He's going to re, uh, return them. And so for the period of the marriage, they are, so to speak, his property, even though it's also a debt for him. The Nixay Malug are property that she brings in, and uh, it's not inscribed in the Ketubah, uh, and he is, is the husband is permitted to make use of the property during the term of their marriage, and at the end, uh, if, if the property has grown in value, uh, it's, it's hers. If it's fallen in value, uh, that's also hers, and so he really does not own the Nixay Malug. He only has uh, use of it, unlike Nixay Tzon Barzel, which, though he must give it to her in the end, for the term of the marriage, he, effectively speaking, owns the property. Wow, a long introduction to introduce the concept of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Almanala Kohen Gadol, Kohen Hedyot. If a widow marries the high priest, or a divorced woman, or a woman who's gone through the release after Leverite marriage, or instead of Leverite marriage, marries an ordinary priest, those are both forbidden marriages. Hichnisalo Abde Milug, Abde Tzon Barzel, she has on her staff both servants who are under Malug category, that she owns but the husband has usufruct, or the Tzon Barzel category, which uh, are his for the term of the marriage, but which he must return fully intact. Avde Malug lo yochlu batruma, because the, uh, the Avde Malug, the slaves under the condition of Malug, 
they should not eat of truma because they don't really belong to the Kohen. They only came to the Kohen through this marriage, which is itself forbidden, and the woman is herself not permitted to eat truma. So certainly, the slaves that belong to her are not permitted to eat truma. But Abdetzon Barzel, but the slaves that belong to her, and the, the marriage, you understand, is a forbidden marriage, yet it is effective. It takes effect. If they go beneath the chuppah, they say the right stuff, they're married. And if she brought Abdetzon Barzel, she brought uh, slaves under the category of quote-unquote iron sheep, Yochlu, they can eat the truma because at that moment they really do belong to the Kohen husband. There's more to the Mishnah, but I'm going to skip down to the very last lines of our olive side page to to uh, raise a question that's related to this. Itmar, it was said in Amoraic times, Hamachneset shum leba'ala, a woman brings in property that has shum, literally means la shum is to assess. Its assessed value has been brought to uh, the, the husband in the marriage. He omeret, kli aninotelet, she wants back at the dissolution of the marriage, the divorce, she wants the very item that she brought back. And he says, I'm going to pay you the value, but not give you the particular sheep or the particular clothing that you, that you brought in. Uh, who's right? Can she demand the item itself? Or uh, is he, uh, has he done his duty if he only gives her the monetary value of it? And this is a, in the Son Barzel category. This is the iron sheep. He promised to give her, let's, let's say it was, a, it was a, you know, a fur coat. He promised to give her back the fur coat. She wants the fur coat. And they assessed it and they said it was a $1,000 fur coat. It's written in the Ketubah. He says, okay, I'll give you $1,000 for it. Uh, can he do that or must he return her the item itself? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Hadin Ima. Rabbi Yehuda says, the law goes with her. She can demand the item itself because that's what Son Barzel is. Rabbi Ami Amar Hadin Imo. And Rabbi Ami says the opposite, says the, the Deen, the law goes with him. All he has to do is return the proper value. Why do they each have that position? I'm now at the top of the bet side of the page for those reading along. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Hadin Ima, the law accords with her, Mishum Shevach Beit Aviha Didahave, because the glory of her father's house belongs to her. That is to say, this was maybe sentimental value or some sort of. Uh, social pride in, in some expensive item or something like that. It belongs to her, and she should be returned this thing that she cares about. But Rabbi Ami says the very nature of Nirtzetzon Barzel, the very nature of quote-unquote iron sheep property, is that the husband has to absorb uh, uh, losses in the, the value of a given item, but he also gets to absorb the appreciation of, in the value of a given item. If she brought in a, a certain amount of gold, let's call it $100 worth of gold to the marriage, and then gold appreciates, he can return her $100 worth of gold and enjoy the fact that it's now worth $125. And to Rabbi Ami, that suggests that all of this time, actually, the, the husband owns the Nechzeit Son Barzel and therefore may only return the value of the item, not the item itself. Who's right? Well, in 95% of Talmudic cases, that, that's probably an exaggeration, let's, let's say in 80% of Talmudic cases, uh, one is left to infer what the rule might be. The Talmud doesn't say. In our case, it, it does say. It said that the rule goes with Rabbi Yehuda, with Rabbi Yehuda, that the deen is with the woman. The law goes with the woman. She can demand the specific item uh, itself and not merely the value thereof.
the Talmud on our page notes that both for Rabbi Ami and for Rabbi Huda, there are there are brightot, there are Mishnaic era teachings which would support their positions. Each has evidence on on his own behalf. Uh, that is, the evidence on behalf of Rabbi Huda is that married couples cannot sell property belonging to the to the house, uh, which indicates that even in its own Barzell situation. People don't have uh, absolute ownership of, of a given item. They can still be connected to the item itself. We report an interesting little uh, conclusion of this when we give the law. Amar Rav, Amar Rav Nachman. Rav says the name of Rachman. Halacha Rav Yehuda. The law accords with Rav Yehuda. Rav has just reported this teaching. But then he says to Rav Nachman, the, the real author of the teaching, But there is some evidence on behalf of Rami's, Rav, Rav Ami's argument. So how can we just rule that, you know, Rav Yehuda is right and Rav Ami is wrong when he's got his own evidence? Uh, and Rav Nachman responds, Afal gav de Though there is some evidence in his position, Mistabra tama de Rav Yehuda mishum shevach beit aviha. Rav Nachman says, even though Rav Ami has his evidence, Rav Yehuda's reason is better, it's more logical, because it reflects the connection of people to their property, and it would be a diminishment of this woman's family if this property which she was connected to, she wasn't able to return. And Tom doesn't exactly say, but maybe he thinks that, that would be a disincentive for marriage if, uh, if people were always worried about their property. So, despite the evidence, he says, Mistabra Tamad Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda's reasoning is better, and I'll, I'll take that over prior case law, he says. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.